Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Open Pantry Podcast. I hope you really enjoy this following episode to come up with Elaine Batho in the UK. Uh, a lot of people have talked to me about the opportunity for uh, for me to talk about mental health and, and how that's affecting the industry. So I think you're going to get a lot from that. Also, just to let you know, there's going to be a bit of a name change and a change and improvement, I think, in the direction of the Open Pantry podcast in coming episodes as we reach episode 100. So hope you're excited for that. But for now, enjoy this episode with Elaine. Welcome to the Open Pantry podcast for yet another episode. It's fantastic to have you listening to this great podcast. My next guest has been with us before. And as we were saying just before the podcast, as we, as we head up to nearly 100 podcasts, the Open Pantry podcast, um, this lovely lady spoke to me at around podcast 40. Um, and the reason why I wanted to get her back was the major reason I had a lot of, one, a lot of feedback on the first podcast we did, but, but especially of recent times, I've had people really want to have someone with a mental health angle and spin um, come on the podcast and have a chat as we're all dealing with the extremities of what is happening at the moment with lockdowns all around the world. Elaine Batho is a life coach. She deals in wellness and is a retreat specialist. Uh, fantastic to have you back, Elaine. Thanks for joining me again. Oh, thank you. It's really great to be back here. And we were just saying before um, you started recording how nice it is to do it where you can see each other this time. Yes, yes. Because last time we couldn't see, we didn't see each other. We just do it through an app and it was, um, yeah. it was still an amazing conversation. So I expect this to be even better. Um, I'm excited. So if, if people listening to this that haven't heard the first podcast, I want them to stop and I want them to go back and listen to the podcast we did beforehand um, because it was such an inspirational podcast when I got such great feedback on. Um, but if they haven't and they haven't known you, Elaine, like how would you explain a bit about what you do and where you come from? Because you obviously come from hospitality and that's such an important part of your story. Yeah, definitely. So my background is hospitality. I still class myself as part of the industry or be it I'm doing something slightly different, but I cut my teeth, if you like, um, in the worlds of contract catering, restaurants, did a little bit in hotels. I've worked in the European Games. I've worked in London 2012. Um, I've done consulting. So I've, I've been around the block in the industry. Um, I've also suffered at the hands of the industry too, uh, not yeah. to blame the industry, but my, you know, there's a lot of it came from me, but it was kind of feeding into um, a time in my life when I wasn't very well. I had a bit mm. of a, a burnout, if you like to call it that, where I was suffering with anxiety, panic attacks. I had totally debilitating irritable bowel syndrome. It just, yeah. And I was in the early ages of my thirties and yeah, life wasn't very good at that time. Mm. So it's through those experiences that I now do what I do today and I help other people to make massive life changes um, physically mentally whatever it is that's stopping them from living the life that makes them happy yeah it's a really good way to um to signify what you do what have you um obviously you're in England by your fantastic mm -hmm. accent as people don't if people don't know but, <laughs> um what what have you seen happening in the industry since the last time we spoke what's what's happening at the cold face from a from a sort of, you know, an operational standpoint, what you're seeing day to day when you're out and about, but, but also from a mental standpoint and the people you're talking to. 
It's been really, really tough. I mean, anyone just, I use LinkedIn a lot actually for my social mm. media and, you know, you just spend five minutes on LinkedIn and you just see numerous redundancies and, yeah. you know, people saying how hard it is to find work. And, and that's tough to kind of look at that every day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at the moment, I mean, we're all pretty much around about the same kind of stages with what's going on in the world with this mm. pandemic but over the last few months I think a lot of it has been doom and gloom to, to be fair um, and we kind of feed that off each other as well you know you see something bad you therefore think everything's bad it's like recession recession my kind of view on a recession is the money doesn't go anywhere we just have this view that the money's disappeared so we stop spending so we kind of yeah. create the recession ourselves yeah um so it's kind of the same experience that we're going through now, not to say that what is happening isn't affecting industry because it is. Um, I've got clients I'm talking to that are still doing the same work. They've mm -hmm. lost um, vast numbers in their teams and they're now having to take say three quarters of their salary. Um, mm -hmm. Businesses that some people have owned, they've lost unbelievable amounts of money in, in the business value so yeah there, there is a lot going on negatively but there's also some amazing stories um, you see people that have adapted their businesses and how they're serving people in a different way you're a good example of this as well Sean like your, your podcast is so inspirational but helping people Thank throughout you. this process um, so yeah there's a lot going on and I and you know, there's certain industries that are really struggling. I mean, look at travel, hospitality events. Yes, we know that. Contract yeah. catering is where I spent a lot of, of my years working in. And, uh, you know, that is an industry now with all the um, offices and cities not being open. That's a tough place to be. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a really difficult time. Um, mm. But I think we're also, on the, on the other side of that, I think we're also feeding into that with our doom and gloom posts too there is yeah. some bright glimmers yeah. of hope out there do you do you think as a do you think as a people and i think it really matters where you're from you know around the world i know, I know that we're lucky enough to both have vast amounts of contacts overseas do you think it do you think as a as a as a human society we we tend to focus on the negative too quickly rather than looking at all the things we can do and and the reason i say that is because obviously you know as i said to you before the podcast like we're in a harsh lockdown here in melbourne as we take this mid-september mm. and the fact that the fact that we can't open for indoor trade or outdoor trade at the moment that'll happen hopefully in a couple of weeks but we can still do takeout and delivery but there's no but there's no focus on there's no focus on that at all you know yeah. like there's you know it's it's no focus on what what we will have coming out of this and how we can rebuild industry. We're just focusing on the negative point. Do you, do you yeah. sort of feel that is the same, is the same in the UK? Uh, I think it's, it's uh, a human trait that we all have. Um, mm. If we go to literally the fundamentals of, of what we are as humans, we have this massive drive inside ourselves to be safe. Yes. It, it's the foundation of everything. So your brain is, you know, in its capacity to keep you safe is, is analyzing all the situations and creating like a, a support or a thought or something, even if mm. it's a skewy, not very good thought that's trying to keep you safe. Yeah. I mean, you just look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, yes. <laughs> which I've talked about a lot over yes. the last few months. 
all of those layers that we need to feel safe. And if you don't know it, definitely Google it because it will just make sense. Even down to people hoarding toilet paper comes down to our fundamental needs. And we (laughs) laugh about it. But if it makes you feel safe, you're going to do it. And as skewed as that is. So, yeah, we do tend to have a bit of a negative bias. Um, Some people more than others. It depends on the way that you think. But we're taught, even in the way that, you know, we're schooled, we're taught not to necessarily look on the bright side of of things. It's analyzing and fixing problems. And, Mm. yeah, it's it makes sense why we think the way we do. And like I was saying earlier with social media, we, I don't know anyone on this planet that doesn't use social media. Mm. Even my mum, bless her in her seventies will (laughs) occasionally do stuff with it. But yes, um, we are, you know, our environment makes a huge impact to how we feel and how we think. So if you're bombarded with messages saying life is bad, life is bad, you're not going to be going, Oh, life's great. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of work we can do. And mindset is one of the most powerful, powerful shifts of, of anything. And yeah, and, and for me, when I was suffering with anxiety, one, I didn't know it was anxiety at the time. I just thought it was because I was drinking too much and sure. working too hard and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was diagnosed, it was, it was like, wow, my thoughts have created this situation. It's not anything physically wrong with me. It's just I having what we'd call, say, catastrophic, I can't even say the word. Catastrophic. Catastrophic thoughts. (laughs) Um, It's early in the morning here. Um, Or, you know, say like black and white thinking where you think everything's really bad. You're not Mm. allowing yourself to think um, in other ways. So, Mm. yeah, that's that's my long answer to yes. We are (laughs) on a negative bias. Can Can you just revisit for the listeners, like, what the aha moment was for you to then to where to realize for you when you're in the hospitality industry that you did you were doing this to yourself and that mm. you needed to change oh i don't know if i could say it was a light bulb aha moment it took many, many years many months yeah. you know i'm still a work in progress and i will be to the day that i die and yeah but i think the the real thing is when you realize that life isn't the way you want it to be Mm. there is only one kind of um integral part to that and that's you so no matter where i was going in my life i was the one that was at the center of this Mm. so i must have to take some responsibility for this and i think my why my reason why i wanted to make a change was so strong i would have done anything at that time uh, I just didn't want to feel the way I was feeling. I didn't want to feel like I couldn't leave my house because I had to keep running to the toilet. I didn't yeah. want to feel like I could, I was stuck. I mean, I just felt totally stuck. So I would have done anything to to change that. So I read a lot and I, um, I went to a lot of seminars and things and learned as much as I could about human behavior and myself. And I, I was looking at everything in every angle that I could to fix myself. And I suppose instead of an aha moment, I would say it was more of a gradual realization that I had been doing this to myself. Yes, of mm. course, the environment that I was working in was um, impacting that, but I could have spoken up. I could have said, hang on, this isn't working for me. I could have, instead of just trying to do it all. So yeah, no, like, it's very easy to make yourself a victim of the world, mm. but none of us are victims. We all have the power to change our life. Yes. 
there are parameters in which we have to live by, but you don't have to choose to think a certain way. You don't have to choose to take, say someone gives you a really bad feedback or something, or says something mm -hmm. really horrible to you. You don't have to take that in. You don't have to believe what they say. Yes, we'll probably all struggle with it. Um, but ultimately we have the decision of what we take in and what we allow to happen in our life. And that's the power that we have. And I think for me, realizing the power of my thoughts by doing cognitive behavioral therapy is what's helped me mm -hmm. get over my anxiety. Um, and when I realized the power of my thoughts and that I had been doing this to myself, it was, yeah, all of those things combined is, is what made the big shift for me. Yeah, I, if I'm to speak honestly, I think that was true for me as well. And, and really, like, yeah, and going to going to you know uh, therapy the last nine months or so. Mm -hmm. um, some so at the start every week, once a week, and then now it's like once every four weeks. I think yeah. largely has saved me in a way, mm. and it's you know that's quite scary to say out loud like you don't know the behaviors you're actually building into your life in order to control the things which are somewhat out of control but you don't realize that you're the one who's solely in control of your life like no one hopefully no one else is you know no is it's life today is so fast paced isn't it like mm. i don't i don't think the way that we're living is healthy for our minds and that's why it's really important to have things like therapy, coaching. I believe everyone on this planet should have a coach. I've got two currently. Um, yeah. and, okay. and I was talking to my coach the other day and she said to me, and this is so true of me, I'm, I'm a bit of an overthinker, which is why I suffered with anxiety. Yes. But I, I talk to kind of think. Yes. So if, unless yeah. I'm having like a coaching conversation with, with somebody regularly, all of those thoughts are kind of in my head and yes, I journal and I do all those things, but there's nothing quite like speaking and talking about it and having somebody help you by asking you some really profound questions that you probably wouldn't ask yourself because we're all mm. on that sort of normal loop. So yeah, talking therapies are so powerful and I think it's so essential in today's world. You know, have like you can talk to your friends and your family, but there's emotion involved. So yes. people are always, you get a lot of unsolicited advice from friends and family because they're just <laughs> trying to, to yeah. do the best for you. But when you have someone that's totally impartial, that's kind of holding you accountable and it, it's just, that's to truly transformational. And I mm. share your, your, your view. I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't had therapy and worked with coaches and all the stuff that I've done. Yes. Can I, can I ask you if it's okay to ask you like why, why you have two coaches? Like what do they both do for you that's separate? So I do something called supervision, which mm -hmm. helps me be a better coach, which, so okay. we talk about my coaching and how mm -hmm. I can be a better coach and challenges that come up for me. The other side of it is just coaching, uh, generally day-to-day -day coaching. So mm -hmm. whatever I want to talk about, whether business, personal and, and so forth. Um, so that I wouldn't necessarily always have two coaches, but at the moment, it's something that's really worked for me. Mm, that's really great. Um, I want to step back a second. Um, mm. Can you remember the last day you worked in hospitality and how that felt? Oh, gosh. Yes. Uh, I can't remember specifically the last day, but the last job I had in mm. hospitality, I was working abroad. I was working in Azerbaijan mm. um, in the European Games. 
And at the time, I knew that I was going to do something different, but it wasn't like, okay, this is my last day in hospitality and I'm now free and I'm going to go and do yes. this. It wasn't, yes. it wasn't like that at mm. all. Um, I was just so exhausted. I just wanted time out because we'd worked really hard. Mm. Um, yeah. I think probably more profoundly was when I knew I was going to leave the industry. That was more of an aha moment. Um, and I was uh, like an ops manager mm-hmm. um, within contract catering. Um, and I'd kind of left and come back and left to come back doing different things in between. And the last time I was doing that, I just knew it just wasn't where I was meant to be anymore. It just didn't feel right. And then my heart wasn't in it. I just, yeah. And that, when I made that realization that I, I was going to leave, that felt right. And I, in fact, I remember I hadn't got another job to go to. Mm. I was just so unhappy. And I was, I was talking to my dad and my dad's very, uh, it's very risk adverse. And he even, <laughs> he said to me, he went, Elaine, just leave. And I'm like, but I haven't got anything else to go to. He goes, Elaine, just leave. If you're that unhappy, just leave. And wow. it's probably the, one of the best things I did. Because of course, mm-hmm. something else turns up a couple mm-hmm. of months later. Mm-hmm. Um, but that felt more profound than the day that I actually left when I was working abroad, for sure. Did you feel proud of yourself for making that decision? Because you'd been in the industry for a long time. Like it, we, yeah. in, in, in the podcast we talked about before, like it was ingrained in you. You were, you were hospitality through and through, like you were killing it. Like, oh, I still am. I love it. Yeah. And it's killing me that I can't do retreats and events. And, yes. you know, I help other yeah. coaches run events too. Um, so I'm still in it. So, and if I didn't have that part of my business, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I could live without it. I am. I, I love it. I love helping people and bringing people together and all of that element of the industry. I don't love the hierarchy and the politics and mm. the way that I had to treat people as, as a manager and, and all of that. Um, so yeah, I, 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 yeah, I am hospitality through and through always will be, I think. Yeah. I, I forgot agree. what you asked me is the question. I got carried what, on. What your last day was like for that. that, uh, that yeah. Yeah. That, that ingrained what I thought. So it was good. Yeah. Um, what do you think people can do about their mental health right now? And I suppose while you maybe pause on that and have a think about it, like something I've been trying to do, um, even though I'm not at my best at the moment is, is to the one, the one thing I'll probably do when I'm not at my best is I reach out to other people and ask them if they're okay. It's a way of me controlling how I feel. So often on, often on a Friday, I usually reach out to people and say, Hey, just checking in. We haven't talked for a while. Like, how's everything going? How are you feeling? And especially something I've done with Victorian people at the moment, um, as we're as we're in a deeper lockdown than the rest of the country. Like, that's my way of like making sure people are okay. But what mm. what can people do to make sure they're okay in this in this time? Like, do you have any any feelings, any hints for them? Yeah, I mean, firstly, just to say, like, what you're doing is actually something that makes us feel better as as humans. Like, mm. in instinctively, you're you're doing that. Like, when we become totally soul focused and we forget about everybody else, whilst 
it can make us feel better when we are focusing on ourselves. There is nothing better than if you're having a really bad day and you go and do something for somebody else, mm. it never fails to change your mood. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Um, I think really is it's, you've got to do what feels right for you. And I know that sounds like a really wishy-washy answer, but unless Lovely. you're listening to yourself mm-hmm. and what lifts you up, like nothing's going to touch the sides. Like if I said to you, go and do a 10 minute walk every day. Yes. That's going to make you feel better. Of course it is. You're going to be out in the fresh air and you're exercising. But what if for you, I don't know, sitting and reading a book makes you feel even better. Mm-hmm. So it, you've got to work out what makes you feel good and do more of that. Definitely talking when we don't talk about how we're feeling. It, it's just toxic. We, we, you know, if you need, something and it's i find it still really hard these days is just to say look oh i'm struggling i need some help mm. because we we've got this stoicism around us that we're all trying to be all and do it all and um particularly when we're used to being in an industry where you are of service to other people you can't mm-hmm. you know you've got people that are relying on you maybe you've got a team of people around you you've got to be seen to be coping um but that's that's really toxic so yeah just finding what works for you and doing more of it we were talking about right at the beginning for me at the moment, it's being around people. I'm a real extrovert. I love to be around people. I get my energy around people. Mm. And obviously we can't be around people in the same way, but Mm. I'm doing as much as I can to be around people and it's helping. But I'm finding that the things that used to lift me up before lockdown don't do so in the same way. I have to keep doing more of the things that make me feel good to keep me feeling good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're all living with excess cortisol in our bodies still, you know, regardless of how complacent we've got with this pandemic. Fundamentally, we're all living in fear of, of passing it on to other people, of damaging mm-hmm. our, our businesses, of what's going to happen financially. How are my friends? How are my family uh, relationship challenges? All of that. We're living with this every day. So of course it makes sense that the things that weren't working before, don't necessarily work now. Mm. Um, And then the other thing just to add on to that is how you take care of your body is going to have a huge impact of how your mind is responding. Like if you're drinking a lot more alcohol at the moment to, to kind of cope, which, you know, we all do, it's, it's a numbing thing. Mm. It's going to have implications on your thoughts. It's a depressant, Mm. you know? So, if you want to give yourself a fighting chance of feeling better, think about how you're taking care of yourself physically too. It's, you know, we're not one dimensional. All of these little things that you can build into your life done together consistently is what's going to help you feel good. Yeah. Such great points. I was, um, I was going to ask you, I've been a bit of, I've, the one thing that's probably concerned me the most the last couple of months is the fact that, I think in both our countries, when this furlough scheme comes off, um, whenever that whenever that comes off, and reality starts to hit of these businesses that have been probably not not unpro- like probably not profitable before the pandemic, they've yeah. managed to stay open. Um, but when the pandemic finishes, whenever that does, but all the government incentives come off and normality hits, but the normal business isn't there, that we're going to have a whole lot of owners who are in a whole lot of trouble. Yeah. And, and my deep concern is that we will have um, a lot of people who won't be able to deal with the fact that businesses are going to go 
into liquidation, into bankruptcy and all this kind of stuff moving forward. Like, mm. how do you, have you thought about how we as an industry need to support those people? Because that's, that's my real concern moving forward. I think, I mean, I'm not a business expert, mm. but from, from where I can see businesses doing well and businesses that are struggling, I think you have to really be open to adaptation and change always. I think we get very much caught in this mindset of, well, I've always done it like this, so this is how it's going to be. I mean, I've worked mm. for companies that are very much like that. 100%. Um, and, you know, and even actually at the beginning of, of the pandemic, there were companies within a couple of weeks of it starting to increase that were talking about that they were going into liquidation. And I kind of think, how could a company that was seen to be so you know, prevalent on the high street, for example, was their cash flow that bad that the, mm. a hint of something that we didn't even know it was going to happen mm. has knocked them over? So I think, um, oh, this sounds really harsh to say it, but it's almost like it's this big change is separating the wheat from the chaff. So those yeah. that are running their businesses in a, in a way that is sustainable and they're making changes and adapting, those are the ones that are going to survive. Mm. And of course, there are the things that, that may happen that are out of control. If you've got investors and so forth, I, I totally get that. Um, but it's thinking about how can you be different in what you're doing to keep your customers coming to you? How are you serving your customers? Like there is, there are so many things. I mean, I've been out, we had this eat out to help out scheme in the UK, Yeah, yeah. which has yeah. been really good. And I was certainly doing my bit to eat <laughs> my way through <laughs> the, the scheme, but it was very interesting. The difference between the service offers, the customer service, how, companies were, were doing things mm. um and those that were just doing the same old stuff um so like my gym for example they've been amazing they've been surveying us regularly what do you want how do you kind of make you feel safe that's cool that's amazing so where are people doing that like how do you know what your customers want instead of just yeah. keep doing this churning out the same stuff that you were doing before lockdown life is totally different now people are buying differently people are going to experience things differently. So we have to change all of us. I've had to pivot my business as well. Mm. Like we all do to, to be able to survive. And really the pandemic is just reminding us what nature is all the time. It's yeah. always changing. It's the only certainty of life is change. So we either move with the change and what if um, this experience enables you to change your business in a completely different way that you never even thought would be the way you would move, but it actually turns out even better than it was before. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Let's talk about your business. Like mm. as you said there, you've pivoted and changed. Like last time we spoke, um, I can't remember if it was the beginning of the, no, it was end of last year. That's right. Yeah. It was November. 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 Um, yeah. uh, you know, we were talking about retreats and, mm. and all this fantastic stuff you were doing with women and taking them away. And it sounded fantastic. <laughs> Um, like how have you shaped your business during this time alone? So obviously I can't do retreats. Mm. Um, I did a, an in-person event in the last time was in February, um, right. which feels such a long time ago. <laughs> and I really missed that side of my business, but obviously, mm. you know, these, these are the times that we're living in and, and when we can open it back up again, I will be organizing a retreat for sure. Yes. But I had also 
recently niched in November to focus more on the hospitality industry because mm-hmm. it, it's my it's my background. Mm. Um, and then obviously as as the times changed, um, I had to open up that niche again and widen it out because obviously the industry was was being affected dramatically people weren't spending I did a lot of pro bono work actually at the beginning of lockdown Mm. as well I just wanted to help people I was just picking up the phone saying how can I help your business um so um yeah so I've opened it up to like a wider audience um because also I think everybody everybody needs the help that I can give them regardless of what industry you're in I think Mm. everybody's experiencing stress or has experienced stress in their life um so yeah, I've, I've done a lot more of that. Everything I do now is completely online. Um, coaching, work, I do a lot of workshops, talks. Um, yeah, it's it, it's keeping me busy, but I obviously would rather be out amongst people doing what yes. I do physically. But we have to, you know, do what we can at the moment. A couple of questions to go before I let you go, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can ask you, how are you keeping yourself? in check at the moment like how are you making sure that you're the best person like you can be and making sure that you're sort of mentally and physically okay is it is it you know just having two amazing coaches that are helping you along or are there other things that you're doing as well so many things i do um yeah i i have kind of like a list of non-negotiables of things that i need to do every day that make me feel good um and i kind of up them or lower them depending on what i'm doing or how Mm -hmm. i'm feeling exercise is really important to me um Mm -hmm. and it's interesting like you it sounds so crazy to say it but you it's like you don't realize how good it feels until you're doing it and i've been exercising for years and i say for example a couple of weeks ago I hadn't I hadn't been able I normally do a longer run on a Sunday it's not that long but it's longer for me um and I hadn't managed to do it for a couple of weeks and I went on a longer run and I was like at the end of that I was oh my god I feel amazing you know all got all those endorphins in your body Mm -hmm. yeah so I felt amazing and you kind of it's just your reminder like this is why you do what you do Mm -hmm. yeah it's like i meditate every day and if i don't meditate okay it's not going to matter one day but you do start to notice i certainly notice in myself how my my thoughts are less focused Mm -hmm. um sleep is really important to me um so yeah i think it's just doing the things that i know work for me Mm -hmm. and if i'm not feeling great I will just say, I just, I need to speak to somebody, you know, I can't and and asking, asking for that help and support. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, But really I think what I've noticed the most for myself is just, it's how much I need to be around people. Um, I always knew I was a people person, Mm. um, but this has really, really made me aware of that. And I've made Mm -hmm. some shifts in the way that I was living um, to, to create some more change. I, I think I'd come quite lazy in some ways, perhaps mm-hmm. socially, um, romantically, all of the, and even with my family, just, you know, like there are things that I can do that take more control over making it right for me. That sounds yeah. like I'm talking really cryptically, but it's kind no, of, no, 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 it makes complete it's sense. making those changes that really, if I hadn't had this time of lockdown to sit and reflect, mm. I would have just carried on coasting, being busier, 
but not doing the things that really make me feel good and make me feel happy. So yeah, I think it's just constantly checking in. Is it working? Yes. Great. Do more of it. Is it is, if it isn't working, when stop doing that, find something mm. else that works and, and asking for help. Yeah. I think this time, if any positives that come out of it, Elaine, is the fact that people have reassessed what their life is actually about and what they want yeah. to continue to do and what they don't want to continue to do anymore. And I think that that hamster wheel that most people are on when, you know, when we spoke last year, like, you know, everything was just busy. It was just busy. Yeah. And yeah. I think some in some cases you were busy for the sake of saying you were busy. You oh, know? totally. We all, you know, we wear the, the badge of honour busy, don't mm. we? Like, Especially in hospital. Mm. yeah definitely it make it gives us um it's almost like it feeds our purpose yeah 100 percent. certainly for me so that was a big mm. big awakening for me um can i ask you about your meditation um yeah have you have you have you experimented with different types of meditation like how long do you usually meditate for like what kind of meditation do you normally do so i tend to listen to apps or mm -hmm. i will listen to music um I, my brain obviously like everybody's brain is different every day some yes. days i can feel completely zen and totally in the zone mm -hmm. other days i'm like i can't stop thinking and i've been mm -hmm. meditating over 10 years now oh wow um so yeah i do a minimum of 10 minutes a day uh sometimes i'll do two lots of 10 minutes mm -hmm. um i also find like when i go for a walk as well i use that as kind of meditative time mm, yeah, so it's it's whatever works for you. I think there isn't any right and wrong. Sometimes I like to do a guided meditation when someone takes mm -hmm. you on a bit of a journey. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I like silence and I just, I don't want anything. Um, I just want a timer that tells me that my 10 minutes is up. Mm. Um, so yeah, there are so many types of meditation out there. And I think my advice is don't get caught up in what's right and wrong. Just, just being just aware and observing... Stuff. Mm. Yeah. And just observing your thoughts, um, without getting caught up on them, that's meditating, mm. you know, so you don't have to sit cross-legged and sit with your hands in a mudra. You don't have to do all that unless you want to, um, yes. just giving your mind some space. Um, sometimes if I'm eating, I'll try and do that in a meditative way, just not playing on my phone or mm. just sitting, eating, enjoying it. Yeah, so there's, there's lots of ways. But generally, I, I do a minimum of 10 minutes a day. Cool. Um, my last question before I let you go, as I've been asking everyone at the end of the podcast recently, what is one thing that you were doing pre-pandemic that yep. you can't do now that you're looking forward to getting back to? Oh, travel, 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 travel. <laughs> I what do you love want to travel world. back to? <laughs> oh, God, everywhere. I want to come back to Australia. I love Australia. One of my really good friends is in Sydney. Um, mm. I've got friends up um, the North Coast. Uh, yeah, I love Australia. I love the sun. And we actually have been blessed with a very lovely summer in England. But <laughs> there's nothing quite like um, sandy beaches and, mm. and the sea. Um, yeah, and I, I really would love to do a retreat. I'd love to get on one of my retreats and just travel somewhere really tropical and yeah, get back to doing what I, I really love to do in a wonderful environment. Hopefully it won't be um, too much longer a lane. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, how do people find out more about the great work that you do and how they can contact you? So the easiest way is to find me on my website, which is my name, elainebatho, B-A-T-H-O.com. 
Um, so I've got like a couple of freebies on there as well so that people can do some sort of self-coaching themselves. I've got a load of blogs um, and things on there if you want to sort of have a, a read through or you can send me a message. Beautiful. As always, linked up in these show notes. And I thank you so much for coming back. It's been, uh, it's been fantastic to have you back on. I really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been brilliant. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. Now, make sure that you like, subscribe, all those amazing things that are really, really important for the show growing. And make sure you leave a comment. I love the comments. Love to know what you guys are thinking. So until next time, take care.